Action, dynamism, vibrancy. Benedict wondered who the girl was. He seemed to know her from somewhere. She barely reached his shoulder in height, and her wet, dark dress clung to her knees, so they poked through the cotton like nobbles of tree bark. Her legs were bare, and she wore battered tan leather cowboy boots. Her arms hung by her sides in a denim jacket at least two sizes too big for her, and the sleeves covered her fingertips. With her ears poking out through her long, damp hair, her face had an impish quality. Eyebrows, bushy and set too high and angled on her forehead, gave her an air of surprise. Dangling from the end of one sleeve was a small white drawstring bag, the type you get when you buy jewellery in a posh shop. The outside light clicked off, and they both stood in darkness. "'I thought no one was home.' Her voice was deeper and slower than Benedict expected. She had an American accent. Where were you? Um, I was in bed, asleep. You're wearing a suit jacket. I know. He wondered why she was questioning him, as if she knew him. Benedict Stone? she asked. Yes. I'm Gemma. She offered her hand in a karate chop move. It was slim and wet and Benedict's brain ticked as he shook it. Gemma? Did he know a Gemma? Estelle used to tell him that she'd bumped into so-and-so in the village, who went to school with such a person who was married to Thingamajig. He would smile and nod, and not have a clue who she was talking about. Gemma? He couldn't place her. I'm Gemma Stone. Gemma? Gemma Stone? Gemma Stone? Your niece, she said sharply. You're Charlie's daughter, he gasped. Now that he looked, she had the same nose and chin as his brother. Is he here? No. You're alone? Yes. She stuck out a foot and shook it. And I'm very wet. Are you going to invite me in? Benedict took a few seconds to peel his hand away from the doorframe. He shook his head with confusion. Um. Yes. Gemma bent down and picked up a small, saggy rucksack that lay at her feet and slung it over her shoulder. I'll follow you, Uncle Ben. It's Benedict, actually. He headed into the house and Gemma followed. Her boots squelched and left wet, oval-shaped footprints on the floorboards. This is the kitchen. Words swam in his head. Can I, um, get you anything? I got a sandwich at the airport. She stuck her head around the door. It smells musty in there, and it's dark. I'll switch a light on. Yeah. Benedict squinted as the kitchen light seemed twice as bright as usual. About Charlie, he tried again. How long was it since his brother walked out on him to go and live in America? Eighteen years? Benedict still pictured Charlie as a young boy. He'd brought his brother up since their parents were killed in an accident, when Charlie was ten and Benedict was eighteen. He sometimes reached up and touched the underside of his chin, positive that he could still feel the tickle of his brother's copper hair tucked there. Gemma stretched out her arms and gave a noisy yawn. I'm so tired after travelling, she said. I'll go to bed and we'll talk tomorrow, okay? Bed, Benedict repeated. You stay in the night. But she was already making her own way up the stairs. 
Benedict stared up at the ceiling as the floorboards creaked in his bedroom, Charlie's old room, and then Estelle's studio. What the hell should he do? Should he follow her up, or try to sleep on the sofa? Should he offer her a change of clothes? He rubbed his neck and went upstairs anyway, trying to climb them as noisily as he could so she could hear him approaching. When he reached the landing, he heard clattering inside the bathroom. Something fell and skittered around in the sink. The toilet flushed, water gushed, and the plug hole gurgled. There was a bang, and Gemma said, Crap! Benedict cleared his throat loudly. Ahem! Gemma opened the bathroom door by a few inches and pressed her forehead against the doorframe. Before you ask me anything else, she said, sighing, I have mental and physical exhaustion. I just want to know, well, is your dad okay? Where is your mother?